Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns, he shoots. Yes! Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome back. For the first time this year, we have Pick and Pod WFUV Sports NBA podcast, along with Chris Persianen and Julia Moss. I'm Colin Lochran, thrilled for another year of NBA basketball. Guys, I've been having quite the week, but it is great to be here talking hoops with you both. I'm excited for what's to come this year. Julia, how are you doing today? Thrilled is an understatement. I don't know about you guys, but I think this NBA's offseason has felt like years. So having basketball back, even just yesterday, I was so excited. And I'm like even more thrilled to be able to talk about it today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the best league out there. Um, and I'll stand by that, I think from the product to the drama to who you know everything in between this is the best league out there and it's back there's no better feeling than uh the optimism the hope the joy the innate childlike just readiness to just go take on whatever then you feel on opening day and then like game two comes and like your second best player gets hurt for the year and like whatever happened but like opening day though fired up no place like the association. Two games were on the slate last night. The Boston Celtics beat the Philadelphia 76ers. You know I love that sentence. One of the greatest ones to ever be formed in the English language, in my estimation. They won by a total of 126 to 117. The nightcap was between the defending champion Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers, led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Warriors took care of business 123-109. Guys, if I took anything from last night's games it might have been from that nightcap of just how special the Warriors are watching the ring presentation before things got started really felt a little bit like a Chicago Bulls throwback not to say that the two teams are equals right now in any stretch from those 90s teams of course but just the vibe was one of winning and championships it's part of what makes the NBA special in my estimation it was really cool to see especially Steph Curry interacting with the fans there great start to the year absolutely I mean I feel a little bit bad for the Lakers because I mean it's not it's not ideal to start your your season out against the defending champion especially because the Lakers didn't have a great season last last year but yeah I couldn't agree more though pre-game it was incredible to see you know the fans interacting that's something I missed uh, in particular about basketball is just the the fan atmosphere packing the arena watching basketball it was incredible to see big big win for the Warriors in general and just overall yeah I mean, listen, when you have a defending champion, there's a lot of talk always about, you know, the Super Bowl hangover, um, whether you're the winner or the loser, you know, coming out that next first game and just being a little dry, you know, just getting a little caught up in the moment. But the Warriors have been here so many times before that it didn't even phase them. They just got right back to business. And despite the reality TV star starting in their lineup <laughs> who made a documentary out of him <laughs> clocking a teammate in the face in the middle of practice, doing all of that and causing all this drama, I think they probably got a pretty strong internal message from the, those locker room leaders in Curry, 
in Thompson and Iguodala, um, that they had to come out and ball out to, to silence these narratives. They weren't going to let Stephen A. Smith come out and start talking about some like, are the Warriors like screwed? You know what? Like no, like it's not happening. You know, like they're just back to business. So that was good to see. Um, I thought Philly was going to win that first game. I was disappointed by their perimeter defense. I was disappointed by their rebounding. Um, and you know what? Joel Embiid's defense didn't look too good to start the first half either, which is you know why they were not exactly in the lead despite making like every shot they took. Tobias Harris was on a ridiculous heater, and it was barely keeping them tied. Uh, they just didn't play well enough. And despite the you know the hardened narratives, whatever it is, I don't care. I talk about the Brooklyn Nets all the time and how, yes, they have star players. Yes, those players are very good at certain things that are super valuable in this league. That's why they're both on very deserved max contracts. However, they can't rebound the ball. They can't guard the point of attack. They can't guard the perimeter. They can't guard the interior because they traded Jared Allen for James Harden. So it's like, I'm not buying that team. And I've faded them the last two years. And whoop-de-doo, they haven't won a ring because they can't rebound the ball. They can't guard the ball. They can't stop the ball at the point of attack. They can't, you know? So it's like, this Philly team has these holes in it. Even though they have star talent, I'm not going to be able to ignore it. And this is going to be something that they're going to have to overcome throughout the season. Rotational changes, whatever it is, Coach Raver's got to figure that out because... I'm not trying to look too much into one game and tell the story of their season, but I wasn't in love with like the issues that I saw from them yesterday. I know Boston's a great team, um, and not you know every like Orlando's not going to come out and exploit these you know mismatches in the same way. But like they don't have perimeter defense, so if you're playing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, even though Brown exhibited some of his signature tunnel vision last night, he still had a really good game shot making wise. So did Tatum, and there's your Celtics win. Gotta show the Celtics some more love. 70 points combined from Tatum and Brown. Both had 35 apiece. They balled out. To your point about the Warriors and the Jordan Poole-Draymond situation. I don't know about you guys. I got really hype in that second quarter when I think it was Draymond found Poole in the lane or vice versa and they had that little moment there and the crowd went nuts. Stuff like that I love to see. Just to see the two teammates kind of still working on the court even through some admittedly sketchy personal issues with each other I, off the court. I, I think Draymond is putting on <laughs> a show. A big show. Well, he's a showman by by nature. Listen, uh, don't go like you know I know our our listeners of the podcast are not going to go running and telling people this. So like um <laughs> it doesn't matter, but it seems to me like from everything I've heard out of Golden State that usually like the vets are united on stuff. Like Steph, Dre, Clay, Iggy, that four is like the brain of the team. And literally nobody agrees with Draymond here. <laughs> like they're all against him. And they were like, yeah, you'll be fine because you've been here if you like make this up. <laughs> like you're on the outside looking in right now. Like we, we are not rock. He was like, guys, you got me, right? And they were like, uh. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think Draymond's just being a good sport, doing everything he can do to get back in good graces because he is not in them. He's in bad graces. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to. I mean, I watched that video and I know like Draymond is a showman likes to talk, but I mean that punch was legit. I mean he he wound up and Popped. he hit him. So I don't think there's any other choice for Draymond coming into this game other than to like actually try like extra hard because how can you defend that action? Well, guys, I know that the Warriors will have a lot going on over the course of the year, but our local New York City teams are starting their seasons tonight. The Brooklyn Nets at home against Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans. The New York Knicks 
in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. I want to start with those Knicks. Chris, I will obviously swing you the ball here first. <laughs> what is the expectation realistically for this team after last year's kind of bummer of a year, for lack of better term? No, there's a better term. It's failure. Okay, so you, you go that strong. It's failure. Okay. The front office, like, unlike previous Nick front offices, instead of being losers and playing it safe, made a bet. A two-pronged bet on Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier's offense being enough and changing the offense enough, giving it an extra, you know, Z-axis of, of work here. Like, it's not just Barrett, Randall. <laughs> like, there was a, another thing going on, uh, and that that would be enough to overcome the defensive shortcomings that that pairing would instill in the starting lineup, and that the bench unit would then still be good enough, whatever. Rose gets hurt. The two starters stink together. Walker's a corpse. It's like he's a shell of himself, you know? It's like Peter Griffin in season 20. Like, it's like, just what are we doing here now? Um, to me, it was a failure. But that's okay. You learn from failures. The problem is, in New York, you are not allowed to fail. And so that's why rookie Obi Toppin, after only being afforded 10 minutes a game in sitting in the corner in a Trevor Ariza role by Tom Thibodeau, was getting run out of town by fans after year one. Because this is not a business about what you've done for me. It's a business about what you've done for me recently, right? So everyone should be mad at the Knicks this year. Everyone should be down on the Knicks. Everyone should, like, they earned it last season, right? However, in this offseason, they did a bunch of stuff that was very critical to actually unmucking their mess, right? Like, they took those veteran deals that they signed literally the summer before, and they were like, ooh, we messed up on a lot of these. Let's undo that because bad money is bad. And they took the second round picks that they made appear at a thin air. Like they didn't dive deep into their pockets and like find like the last like Los Angeles Lakers second round pick they had to like spit at the other team. No, no, no. They've been using cap space really intelligently recently to generate second round picks out of nowhere. And they used six of them to clear out the contracts of Kemba Walker, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, keep Randall and Fournier. But then also clear up enough cap space to bring in Jalen Brunson for nothing. It was cap space. They signed him. Would you rather pay that money to Walker, Noel, and Burks? Or pay that money to Jalen Brunson and spend six second-round picks just making that swap? I, I, I know what I'd take. So especially for a team like the Knicks that needs a point guard, needs someone to stir the drink, needs someone who R.J. Barrett can lean on because he's still only, what, 21? Like he's just allowed to buy alcohol legally and Julius Randle crumbled like a cookie out of the number one option and he had to step up and like hold the weight of New York City on his shoulders and be like, hey guys, this is actually going totally fine and it's going to be all right. Like it, it was not good. Now he's got another steady hand to lean on. Obi Toppin, all these guys have a real point guard on the roster who's scoring versatile, playmaking versatile. Like he's a very versatile offensive weapon, and he's a steady-handed point guard. That's something the Knicks haven't had in in a long time, and he's going to be great for him. I think they're going to make the play-in with all these changes, nine seed by the end of the year. But you know, forty wins, forty-two wins, thirty-nine, whatever it is, nine seed, ten seed, eight seed. Fine with me. I'm, I don't think we have all the talent in the world. I think we're fun. I think we're gritty. I think we're tough. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. They did They did do a lot of good work, kind of course correcting mistakes they made last season. But there is still one blaring mistake I see. And this might be a bit of a hot take, not necessarily because of the opinion, but because of the extent in which I have this opinion. Head coaching. I don't understand why Tom Thibodeau is the coach of the New York Knicks. He's a great coach. He's not a good coach for this roster. He is not a fan of playing young players. And when you're rebuilding, obviously, you have to try out young players, see what they're doing, 
I mean, just do new things to get out of the hole you're in. And Thibodeau is not good at doing that. Obviously, that's what we've seen. But the good part about sticking with Thibodeau uh, to kind of find a positive light on it is that, like, as years go by, these young players get older and probably Thibodeau starts liking them more as they age. So I think it was a good idea getting Brunson in because he is experienced and he will get playing time. So, yeah, I I think um, overall the Knicks will be night and day better going into this season, but I do think they would benefit a lot from a new head coach. Also, if there's anyone else on the roster besides Derrick Rose that speaks Tom Thibodeau, it's the kid who grew up traveling from city to city with Tom Thibodeau's lead man, Rick Brunson. Uh, This kid grew up getting coached by Tom Thibodeau from the age of seven. He was seven years old, and there's a video of him running around and a lot. Like He gets this guy, and he will be able to relay... Tibbs very, you know, Obi, <laughs> get to the damn bench, like, messages in a way that's, like, you know, a little more friendly. Like, Derrick Rose told the rookies, don't look at Tibbs if you mess up. If you look at him, you'll have a bad game the rest of the night because he'll, he'll screw you up. He'll, he'll yell at you, he'll stare at you, and you're going you're gonna to be on your toes all night. Don't look at him. And they literally said, like, we stopped looking at him in the eyes and we started, like, feeling more comfortable with ourselves. Like, he's a very tough presence. The Knicks were an organization lacking organization. They needed something. But now they got it. And I think you're right. They should move on. The New York Knicks, for my money, need playmaking. I think they got that in Jalen Brunson. 30th in the league in terms of assists last year. You can't win like that. I think Brunson adds that more than anything else. His scoring ability we love. He's diverse on offense. We know that. I think the team needs to get back to what they were two years ago on defense to really compete because, Chris, as you mentioned, if they're going to win games, it's going to be by a gritty nature. They're not going to shoot the lights out of the gym like the other team over in Brooklyn is hoping to do. So with that, let's talk about those Brooklyn Nets. Julia, I'll give you first take here. Last year... What a transition. Not... Thank you very much, my friend. Not a... Pretty ending to the season. Of course, I thought it was quite pretty. The Boston Celtics swept the Brooklyn Nets in four games. KD and Kyrie sent home with their tail between their legs. What does this year look like for those Nets? I think anyone's guess is as good as mine. I mean, going like... (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible to tell. I mean... Will Ben Simmons? And then just insert, like, anything else to finish the sentence. And it's a valid question. Will he? he? Make a free throw in the playoffs. Or won't he? Or won't he? Won't he? (laughs) (laughs) Won't he? (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, there's so many unknowns when you're looking at this team. Like, Kyrie and KD, will they play together? Kyrie played 29 games last season, but he did average 27 points a game. He is an incredible player, obviously, when he's on the court. And I, I know he's committed to playing this season. He's got the COVID vaccine stuff behind him for now. Hopefully that, that stays the case for the uh, sake of the Brooklyn Nets. KD's bought in. He's here for the season after what was absolutely an crazy, crazy offseason. And and then again, will Ben Simmons? And I have no idea. Will he? Will he? So as far as what this season looks like, I think we'll learn a lot tonight. As far as what we see, because, I mean, the Pelicans are historically not very good, but they have Zion back. So you don't really know what this Pelicans team is going to look like either. So I think it is just a perfect storm to kind of gauge where each team is. So I'll have a lot more answers after watching this team tonight. Listen. (laughs) You know something big's coming when he starts with that. Listen. Listen. I have two questions for you guys, and we're going to start with two. Maybe I'll have more. But just let me know right now. Either you can jump in here. This is an open-ended discussion, right? This is a little roundtable we're mm-hmm. having. Who on the Brooklyn Nets 
Who? Is guarding opposing guards. I'm not talking about like in the way that I can play the trombone. Like, yeah, I could I can make sounds come out of it, right? But like I don't actually know how to do it. So who's guarding opposed if the Brooklyn Nets are playing, let's let's just talk in conference. Darius Garland. Let's just talk in division, Jalen Brunson, right? Who's guarding opposing guards? I mean looking at this Nets team, I don't think they're gonna win games by having incredible defense i think it's going to come down to them just simply outscoring the other team so i have no idea the answer is nobody yeah second question <laughs> that's all i needed to know second question who on this nets team is rebounding the ball for brooklyn who is going to give them second chances on the glass who is going to get them the ball on offense and if your answer rhymes with bicolas slaxton it's not a right. It's not a real answer. It doesn't count because that's that's not a real player. He doesn't exist. So anyone? It's supposed to be Ben Simmons. In oh, theory. Oh, in theory. Oh, will he? So now this is the fun thing oh, about will Ben Simmons. Simmons. This is the fun gamut about Ben Simmons. You're not expecting him to go out there and be your traditional point guard in the same way that Ben Knicks Simmons, are known Brunson. junkyard dog. I know. <laughs> oh well, th- this is going to be the interesting part. They're hoping Ben Simmons has some physicality. Historically in his body. gritty player. No, by no means is he. But the Nets are certainly hoping he is because if you look at that roster, you only need really one guy to do that. And if Claxton can take the next step, do it off the bench. You know. Right. I don't know if Claxton's going to take that next step off the bench, but if he can. In theory, the Nets have a lot to look forward to this year. And what I will say, I don't know if tonight gives you a lot of credence in terms of bold predictions because Seth Curry's injured, Joe Harris right. is injured, TJ <sighs> Joe Moore Harris hasn't played basketball since I, I was like eight. It, dude, it's, let's it's get over problem. it. Um, and he he was he just appeared two years ago in the playoffs. In yeah. Milwaukee. <sighs> Bruce Brown made himself look like Michael Jordan compared to Joe Harris in that series. So with those three guys out, I don't know if you get the full Brooklyn picture. I think this team is constructed to have role players off the bench they like make those gentlemen. But who do you get? They gotta make a at trade. That point, who well, do you listen, look for? they got first round picks in the deal with Harden and Simmons. I know on really good authority that they took those first round picks and reached out to Detroit trying to land Jeremy Grant along with Ben Simmons last season. I just like I was told this from Brooklyn side of things. I believe it. It's not like a Detroit source of mine trying to like gas up their asset or anything. Like, no, it was Brooklyn being like, We tried, we failed. Um, and the reason it failed was because Grant went to Detroit to be a number one option to get his big deal, whatever. Like he likes it there. Um, he's also talked a lot about like what it means to him to play in Detroit, whatever. It doesn't, doesn't didn't work out. But that they're gonna go out and try to get someone who doesn't need the ball in their hands to succeed. Grant wants it, so it didn't. It wasn't a natural fit. They're gonna go out and try to get someone that can defend the ball, that can rebound the ball. I'm talking about. Um, the kind of failed acquisition a la Robert Covington to the Trailblazers for two first-round picks, and no one, everyone always like forgot he went there. It was a team that got a guy who's really good at off-ball defense, and they were like, hey, play free safety, <laughs> because Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum can't guard me. And it, 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 Covington looked terrible. People thought he was bad. And it was just because he was the eraser. And there was way too much pen being spilled, all you know, too much ink being spilled all over the court. He couldn't get to it in time, so it looked like he was doing a bad job. Something like that can go down, or rather, that's going to be the position Ben is in to start the year. Once they get a trade done, then they might have a situation where, like, if they have a Simmons and they have a PJ Washington 
from Charlotte. That would help them. Okay, so That's now we're getting somewhere. It's a small ball five. Yeah, Whatever. and he needs a new deal. Brooklyn could, you know, they have money clearing up with Harris. They could agree to pay him, trade Harris back, trade a draft pick. Now we're cooking, right? So they got to get a versatile four five, someone who can switch defensively, someone who can rebound, someone who can shoot a corner three, let them play five out, let Katie and Kyrie go to work, all that good jazz. I have a question. Is Ben Simmons still on his contract from the 76ers? Yes. I don't think Brooklyn has given him a cent that, at this time. That's so, tough because I'm sure that contract is, is heavy. Well, you pay him to get out at that point. Yeah. So, no. But before we do wrap up here, just really quick around the horn deal. We're pressed for time. But for your money, Julia, I'll go to you first. Chris, you after. What's the NBA Finals picture looking like this year? Just no, no credence here. Just a off the top of your head type of thing memphis chris no i'm kidding um let me let me think um finals i mean honestly zach randolph is coming back (laughs) oh my god i honestly i think a good dark horse candidate to get to the finals i think Kawhi leonard and paul george have a really good uh bounce back year and i think the the clippers finally get it together and make a run so i think uh the clippers on one side and um i don't know your guess is as good as mine on the others what are you guys thinking Oh, okay, I was gonna say if you took my West pick, if you take my East pick too, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I have the Bucks over the Clippers in the finals this year. I think Giannis gets back and gets himself another one. I have the Golden State Warriors Fair. against the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals. I could not Who's in winning? good conscience. Who's well, Who's I would actually say the Bucks will find a way to do it. This I like year. it. I could not in good conscience put the Celtics in the finals. You know I would love to do so. Only because I feel as though Giannis is a certain type of motivated. And with Chris Middleton Hopefully, back and healthy for those Bucks, they should be able to inch out the series against Boston. I don't think Philly or Brooklyn are deep enough to make a run against those teams, and I think Miami will be a problem insofar as seeding with Philadelphia in that whole race. That is going to do it for us on Pick and Pod, guys. It has been a pleasure, as always. Looking forward to a fun NBA season with Julia Moss and Chris Persianen. I'm Colin Loughran saying have a great rest of your day. <laughs>